2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mode King's Meadow, the podcast that follows our fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. Uh, A very happy new year to all our listeners. It's good to be back. And this week we've got sort of a half and half episode, half talking tactics, then half previewing the first fixture of 2022 against Tottenham Hotspur. I'm your host, Dean. Uh, No, Jane, this week, she's enjoying her last day off before back to work in the UK. But I am joined by my co-host, Dane. Uh, Dane, happy new year. How are you doing? Yeah, happy new year. Happy new year to all our listeners
1: and followers and happy new year to Mia. Um, seems one of our biggest uh, supporters and uh, guests on our show. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. You know, it uh, feels like it's a come down now after a long December. I think three lands in a row, which is the biggest lands I've ever had in, in, in about a year. But yeah, yeah, I'm good. Good place. Looking forward to the, the new year and all the sports going on. World Cup year, as they say, obviously the men's side.
2: Yeah, and the women's Euros as well in, in the UK. Um, spoiler drop there from Dane. We are joined by Mia Ericsson. Uh, Mia, happy new year to you. How are you today?
3: Yeah, and the same to you. Uh, I'm a bit jealous of you guys because you just told me that you have a vacation day in the UK. <laughs> we don't have that here in Sweden. <laughs> We're just straight back to work. <laughs> so yeah, I I've, have been having some time off, so I feel quite rested and ready for what this year might bring.
2: Yeah, I've been off since the 19th of December because I had COVID and then it's been Christmas. So that's probably the longest I've ever been off work. And then I'm not looking forward to going back tomorrow. Um but what I've way to celebrate week. no need to show off Dane. Always showing off. Um but what better way to celebrate the final day off than to talk Chelsea, um, before we get started on the pitch game, uh, our boss Emma Hayes was awarded an OBE, which is an Order of the British Empire, in the Queen's New Year's Honours list. Uh, just a few days after that, praise from Brendan Rodgers and all that nonsense with that guy on Twitter. But, you know, a special achievement for Emma and for the club, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. She she, she She's getting, you know, the recognition she deserves. She, she got rightly praised after that, Brendan Rodgers, but... As typical, as I put in a tweet, typical British way of then trying to knock someone down who's being rightly, you know, you know, praised and adored. And yeah, you know, some people just try and be edgy, don't they? Try and be a little bit out there, and they just end up sounding like a, oh, you know what? Uh, and she, she, you know, she's he, he, he was right to an extent, and people were right to an extent, but has, has no way to lambast Emma you know, there is so many personalities within the women's game who can go on TV and, and talk good football and talk tactics. We know that, but there's no reason to then then knock Emma for it, you know. You know, she's been asked to come on. Uh, she was asked to come on in, in the men's, you know, the men's Euros, wasn't it? And she's done such a good job. They're going to keep on asking you to come back. You know, it's not like, uh, it is on Sky and BT where it's some like jobs, jobs for your friends, jobs for the boys. Where it's all like old Liverpool, Man United players who don't actually say that that much anything. There's anything you know that, that surprises us with, with their tactical knowledge. She, she is, she, she's got such a beacon of knowledge. You know, she's so intelligent and she deserves to be praised in, in that aspect. We know so many other people can 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 go and there within the women's game. There's so many talented people like you know people mentioned Hope Powell. You know that uh, she could do more stuff but Emma Hayes was asked and and, and, and she, she, she she holds herself well you know they're so impressed with all the women and right and uh, Thierry Henry you know praise her so much so she deserves to be on there and, and she talks such knowledge and she's so intelligent and going back to her yeah she's done so much again for the women's game now in the coaching side you know in recent years and again people wanted to her, but we, we we won't go into that and yeah thoroughly deserved you know you know she's turned the Chelsea women's team around you know in in probably 10 years uh and and made them one of the forces in Europe yes this season didn't go away once and, and we went out in the group stages but you know I've no doubt that she'll you know she'll regroup she'll come back next year a couple of New signings, one we've obviously already made, and and go again for uh, for that Champions League prize next season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And she is in a you know a fantastic position being the Chelsea manager with you know the resources we have, but also she does a fantastic job when asked. And you know, congratulations to Emma and her family on on that achievement. Uh, let's look at things on the pitch then. Uh, when we last talked tactics, that was on November the thirtieth. Um, since then, Chelsea have won the FA Cup against Arsenal um, before. That remarkable run of fixtures that saw them draw 0-0 with Juventus, lose 1-0 to Reading, and then lose 4-0 to Wolfsburg to see them knocked out of the Champions League at the group stage. Uh, Mia, lots to unpack here. Uh, Chelsea spot-on tackling against Arsenal. Uh, looked good against Juventus, but couldn't score. And then two disasters, I call them. But what's your main analysis of the team being over this, that four-game period?
3: Yeah, I think... Um again, that uh, the the game versus Arsenal was a Chelsea game. I, I, w- I must say, I was a bit surprised by the fact that uh, Arsenal was so bad in that game because there were things Chelsea did that they haven't done before. But I must say, these are the things that Chelsea are the best at uh, in the uh, WSL and in England. So uh, that game, it was no surprise yet a surprise that Arsenal came so, um, how do you say, unprepared um, for it. Uh, and then, then the thing is, I mean, I, I think people can be a little bit surprised that what has been after that game has been <laughs> and has shown, but I'm not that surprised. Um, I know you and I have been talking about about it a lot but I think that the game versus Juventus Juventus had scouted Chelsea really good I mean we've we've seen Chelsea struggle uh, towards deep defending defending teams before and I think Juventus came with came in to that game with a proper game plan and they followed their game plan uh, Chelsea also followed follow the game the, the blah, 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 blah uh their game plan but i mean you have to be able to to change the game plan when when things doesn't go your way Uh, and i think that that's what chelsea haven't been able to do uh, these last games and i must also say the, the difference coming on the pitch in Wolfsburg, covid or not covid it's it's the midfield I mean, you, you watch, at, you look at this, I mean, Lyon, Wolfsburg, Bayern and Barcelona, it, it's it's their midfields. They're well balanced. They have proper midfielders all over the midfields. Don't play with wing-backs uh, and that, that's the difference.
2: Yeah, something we'll look at a bit later. Dale, I want to go back to the FA Cup final. Uh, because you know Chelsea really pressed Arsenal in the right way at the right time with the right players and could have easily won five or six goals. That performance was Emma Hayes's tap tap boom Chelsea, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. And yeah, five, six, seven, like you said, it was a complete performance. You know, we talked on a, on a few episodes back how 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 amazing that performance was and how surprised, like Mia said, we were with Arsenal how how average they they, they looked. That's when you when you get to the point. Well, do you how much do you praise Chelsea and how we made them look average, or were they just having an off day? I think obviously, obviously with the blue tinted glasses on, that we we, we it is. Emma Hayes' tactics on the day, and uh, the, the players all performed, you know, out of their skin and thoroughly deserved it. And you get these highs in football. It's funny. You know, obviously you just mentioned that. You know, after that high, I suppose we could even go over to the men's side when they beat Juventus four 0 and uh, people were talking about them being the best team in the world at that time on certain radio shows. And it's been a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a trip and a bit of a fall ever since. And unfortunately, yeah, with, with, with the women's team as well, you know, such a high of that cup final and then, yeah, the games afterwards it is, it is football. You know, I did, obviously, you know, I do the the men's Instagram account uh, for the fan cast. And I did say, you know, football can have you at ultimate high and whilst you're on an ultimate high it reminds you how it can control you by biting you on the bum when you think you know you know and you think you're you're in a good place and that's what it's doing at the moment to 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 us and the, and the women's team is just reminding us that you know don't get too complacent you
2: know there's still so much work to do but obviously Emma Hayes knows that and the team knows that yeah interesting when we get into Tottenham in the second part but how we feel going into 2022 uh, Mia, going back to the game, is Reading. Chelsea made a few changes. Bethany England, Yonah Anderson, Drew Spence came in. Uh, but to me, Chelsea don't just feel the same when it's not that first 11 that you come to expect. And it reminds me a lot of when Chelsea's men's team was coached by Mauricio Sarri and he only focused his tactics on 13 or 14 players, uh, which was a tip from Pep Guardiola to just get it nailed onto your starters first and then maybe try and expand it later on. And do you think something similar has happened with this 3-4-3? Emma is focusing on those 11 players, and then those that are coming in don't really have a role or a job to do, or they just don't know that job?
3: No, I, I don't think Emma Hayes is reasoning that way, but I think uh, uh, watching Chelsea play, I mean, we can go back to the Leicester game as well. I know we saw it versus Brighton, uh, last season as well, that when you make a lot of changes and s- subs coming on, you see something. I-, I know people don't like to hear this as Chelsea fans, but you can watch Manchester United was a pretty good example on this before, before Christmas, because they were without uh, Ona Batier and Hanna Blandel uh, for their last game versus Villa. And we can talk all we want about that it was just Villa that they, play, they played, but you could see that uh, players like Leah Galton coming on, uh, playing playing uh, the fullback role. Uh, she she knew what was expected of her. She knew her role on the pitch in a starting eleven. Every squad player uh, seemed to have figured out how. A coach like Mark Skinner wants to play and then you, you don't see that that things will be shaken up just because someone else comes on to play uh, and I think that's what Chelsea is lacking at the moment I mean it's, it seems like the players that comes on are coming on to do to be Frank Kirby or Guru Reiten uh, or Sophie Ingle you know and I and I don't think that that's yeah it's too obvious that players don't seem to to have found their roles in this system or tactics or game plans and, and I mean obviously we can't know what, what's being said behind closed doors but I mean I've been feeling this since the last season and the Brighton game last season was, was an example of that as well. And the Leicester game this season was also an example of you make substitutions because the players that, that gets to start a the game, doesn't, they, they can't execute the game plan. Then you put other players on and they come on with their individual qualities and they do the job
1: what you're saying is then, Mia, we're doing a lot of uh, light for light substitutes then. It's like a saying over here, light for light, you're just bringing on someone to do exactly the same role.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's, I mean, you have, you have to look at these players. We can take a player like Jonna, for example. I mean, she did a good job last season. Now, why can't she do it this season? It, it's not because of the fact that she's a bad football player. I'm going to tell you that much because I don't think players this level just all of a sudden becomes bad at their job.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely a case in point for Beth in England, who was the WSL top goalscorer and now looks like a bit of an odd part out on the football pitch. Um, Dane, against sort of Juventus and Reading, Mia spoke about them having a clear game plan and, and coming to disrupt Chelsea, but despite that, they managed 59 shots, 10 on target across the 180 minutes of football, which was 25 shots, 5 on target versus Juventus, and 34 shots, 5 on target against Reading. Can ever point to this and say, look, the tactics and the game plan was working, we just couldn't score? Or is there a more underlying issue? Because they, they, they didn't play well against Reading, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's easy to look at stats, isn't it? And, uh, and say, look at this and look at that. You know, I remember the Reading game, uh, the Juventus game. You know, both teams had really two good blocks of defending. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of stupid shots and stupid angles from Chelsea. You know, where, where they sort of like panic. Uh, and <sighs> listen, if you make chances in football and you miss them, you're not going to win. So then you can say, well, we, we made the chances, you know. Yeah, it, it it it's hard as it, it, it as you say, you know. Even you said beforehand, like, is it too simplistic to just to say that we couldn't score? It's uh, it's a hard one to gauge, you know. It was tired against Reddy, and I fought, uh rushed as well, you know. Because I remember thinking, looking at the clock, and thinking like, it was seventy minutes on the clock, you know, there's so much time still left. But <laughs> you know, excuse me, you put yourself under pressure as the player to try and do something. Whether it's that you know that, that that World Cup pass to to try and make a make a chance for for one of your fellow teammates, or or then you think, oh, I'm in a good position, I'm going to shoot, or I've got a sight to go, I'm going to shoot. But as you say, did we actually play well? You can you can you can show all the stats you like, but we just didn't play well. We just didn't play well enough. Sometimes you get away of it, you know, and and, and you, you, you'll score a wonder goal, you know, similar to uh, Kovacic's yesterday. Uh, but other times you don't, and you just ball's oh, just not going in the back of the net. But I don't think we in
2: either game we actually particularly deserved it. Yeah, a good point actually, because I don't think you do get away with it anymore in the WSL. I think those teams, you know, Reddings, Tottenham, West Ham, you know, they're, they're Everton, they're they're better teams now. So when you're not playing well, they will they will punish you, and you have to be on on your game every week. Uh, if Redding was bad, Wolfsburg was terrible. Um, obviously, Chelsea travelling there needed to avoid defeat by two or more goals. Uh, AKB and Drew Spence out due to COVID, but Chelsea lined up with their strongest outfield 10, plus Muzovic uh, conceded two early goals. Emma took Ingle off and brought on G just before halftime, which I thought was strange, uh, and then went on to concede another two goals in the second half, and Chelsea left Wolfsburg embarrassed. Uh, In the first match against Wolfsburg, the 3-3, that was three errors, three goals. Uh, So you can see why Chelsea went wrong. Uh, They lined up in this game with the team we all expected, Sort of what went wrong and how do they fix those, those issues going forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the best players on the pitch, um, I'm going to look at the opponents now because that was, like I said before, uh, Wolfsburg's midfielders was Svenja Sven Hut, uh, Latwein and um, Lena Oberdorf. You could see that it was quality difference. And then we have these midfield issues that, I mean, I understand why, why Emma made the substitution because that, that was a reaction to what was going on. But that's Chelsea's, I'm going to be a bit rough here, but, but that's Chelsea's only, um, I mean, that, that's the only choice they have to do if they want to change the midfield. I mean, what other player are you gonna put on in a 3-4-3 uh, formation with these players that Chelsea had? We can talk about squad depth all we want, but there's no depth on on that midfield at the moment. And I think you can't, I mean, you have to change something. And I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, the Reading game was bad, but if you, if you always, I mean, attack uh, down the flanks, make crosses, uh, then, then, and you see that that it's not going to do it for you. Then you have to change something. Uh, and and I think that's where Chelsea is kind of lacking at the moment. That you you can't see an obvious change uh, of the tactical angle while the game uh, while the games are happening.
2: So you spoke about Wolfsburg's free and obviously Chelsea line up with the two midfielders, is that because of their forward three that she won't drop uh, Harder or Kirby? And perhaps she needs to in big games to, to balance the midfield?
3: Uh, could be, but it could also be... You, you can look at it from, from two uh, different ways now because we're playing with the back three. If we didn't play with the back three. You would play with the back four, and then you wouldn't probably have... Guru Reiten on the pitch, so I think it's the choice, you make You make a choice, and, and last season uh, Guru Reiten was on the bench for most of the time because it was a 4-4-2, uh, and then this season it's not a 4-4-2, it's a 3-4-3, and then you can make room for Guru Reiten. Uh, but I mean, it's it's kind of obvious that Gureten is a big part of Chelsea's attack, but I mean, we've seen, I think the change also has been that, that Aaron Cuthbert has been dropping down to defend in a back four um, of possession. But I think this is it, that teams like Wolfsburg and these teams that, has, um, that, that have been going through to the quarterfinals, they have quality players on every position. And the players might not be as tactical, flexible as the Chelsea players uh, can be in England. But playing in the Champions League, they are the best players on their positions. And I, I don't think that Chelsea have the best players on every position in Europe. So and some and the, the, front, the front three is not going to fix that problem, that unbalance, if you compare Chelsea to these other teams.
2: Yeah, work to do in the summer, I guess, rather than January. Uh, Dane, lastly, on this part of the show, looking forward to this year and, and what's to come. Are you expecting anything to change tactically from ML for the rest of the season or sticking with three four three? And what we've come to know and expect of them.
1: Well, that is the question, isn't it? You know, if we try and understand why Emma went with the with the 3, four, three was it? You know, who who does the uh, who does the tactics and the formation suit most? You know, I had a conversation on on the men's fancast on Friday, uh, talking about two tactics, and I'm saying who does this? Who does tactics at the moment suit most? Is it Silva? Is it Jorginho? Is that it? We have so many injuries. You think he might have to change. So then we obviously, we're talking about the women's game and obviously we're trying to get the best out of three amazing strikers, three world-class strikers uh, forwards, you know, in Kirby, Harder and Kerr. So does that mean you're then uh, square pegs, round holes to, to to fill the other the other positions just to, just to suit the three forwards? Uh, you know, as Mia said, you know, have we got the best in those positions in England? Uh now we've got Guru as a left wing back. We've got uh, Aaron as a right wing back. Is that their best positions? As you say, without the ball, they, they then go into a back four. So she's trying to obviously change things to stick with a 3-4-3 three, three when in possession. And to an extent, it's not working. You know, it's it's always good to have a plan B. But sometimes, you know, managers are very stubborn. You know, they believe in their tactics and uh their ideas and their philosophies and they don't really want to change to it. They think they've drilled, you know, the team enough. Uh, yeah. How can I talk about coaching? I've coached them under 14s and under 13s, you know, so what do I know? It is always, it's so easy to go, okay, we'll change to a 4-4-2 four, four, or 4-3-3 three, three, or 4-2-3-1. Uh, but I suppose you just believe in those players to, to do something in the 3-4-3 three, three, and that's why maybe Emma has uh, stubbornly stuck with it. Uh, it's a hard question, you know. We we was we was questioning it after the first game of the season against Arsenal, would they stick with it? I don't
2: know. I'm not expecting I, anything to change. But Mio, what about you?
3: Yeah, I, I think also. I mean, if you change the formation, you have to look at the players in the starting lineup right now. I mean, I would I could easily see Chelsea try a four three three, but. Some will have some player will have to be dropped, and and the players we've talked about this many times before. Every players player in Chelsea is a good football player, deserves to be in a starting lineup. Those who are right now, but if you're gonna change the formation, you have to drop someone.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think you dropped two players. So they're cough but yeah, Rowe.
3: yeah, yeah. Perhaps, but if. I, I can easily see Cuthbert trying the right back position, playing in a back four. You can, you can have uh, Jess Carter maybe next to Magda and play Magda and Millie, uh, at the centre-back positions. But if you have a three, you, you're going to play 4-3-3 three, 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 like Wolfsburg did. Then who are these three midfielders going to be? If you if if you guys now look at the three midfielders Wolfsburg had, who completely ruled that game. Which are the three players in Chelsea that could play the same role in a formation like that?
2: She's only got three choices. Yeah, oppose so G and Ingle.
3: Yeah, exactly. And then we have that. That, I mean, they are good and we're a class in, in like attacking or defending. But these three midfielders in Wolfsburg, they are good all over. Defending, attacking, like everything.
2: Yeah, like I said, work to do in the summer, probably with some incoming transfers as well as some outgoings. Uh, lots to talk about tactically. Obviously, if you've got anything you want to say, let us know via any of the channels that we're on, Twitter, Discord, Instagram, email. Uh, all the links in the description. Uh We're going to take a short break now and be back after that with the preview of the Tottenham Hotspur game. Uh So be right back. Chidge. JK.
0: In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I- I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play.
2: Well, welcome back to part two of Wentz and Kings Meadow. Time now to look ahead to our first WSL game of 2022. When Tottenham Hotspur travel to Kings Meadow this Friday evening, that's the 7th of January uh Dan, given what we've been speaking about in part one and how Chelsea ended 2021, uh this game is, is absolutely huge, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is huge, huge. You know, when you're a big team, uh, you know, e- you try and say each game is huge, each game is that game we have to win. But this is a must-win. This is I uh, you know, when we was talking on on a recent podcast, I think before Christmas, we were saying, you know, it's sort of like every game has to be won now if we want to uh be in that mix, you know, and see where we are at the end of the season when, you know, when, when games are running out and, and how close we are to Arsenal because obviously we've let things slip since we beat them Arsenal in the cup final. So, yes, yeah, it's a massive, massive game, you know, but it's a must win. It, you, we can't hide from that.
2: Yeah, well, every game definitely is now. Um, let's look at Tottenham then. Um, I did try and get someone on from Tottenham, but their supporters group ghosted me. So it's just <laughs> us free to look at Tottenham. Uh, under the guidance of Ryan Skinner, currently sit third in the WSL. They've played 10-1-6, drawn two, lost two, picking up 21 points. They sit just a point behind Chelsea, although we've got a game in hand on them because uh, our last game was obviously postponed against West Ham. Uh, the last five WSL results are starting with the latest result first, a 1-0 win against Everton, a 2-1 win against Aston Villa, a 1-0 defeat to West Ham, a 1-0 draw with Arsenal and a 1-0 draw with Manchester United. Uh, Mia, quite the season that Tottenham are having undefeated against the top four, including a 1-0 win over Manchester City. Uh, Is this possibly one of the worst teams Chelsea could play right now, given how they ended 2021?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, if if you are Chelsea, you want these games. I mean, you want the big games, but I think that that the, the coaching and management team around Tottenham at the moment, I mean, you got Vicky Jepson from, from Liverpool to join William Skinner. They, they have good tactical knowledge. They have knowledge about Chelsea uh, and the WSL. And now uh, I think what we see is a Tottenham uh, that we can compare with Manchester United last season to Christmas. So for Tottenham, this game will also be very, very big. Uh, but if i were tottenham i was i suppose i was going to be very happy to play chelsea in this um i mean this state of mind that chelsea might be be in or not be in <laughs> i mean um so i think i mean i watched tottenham played arsenal and they made arsenal look like chelsea versus reading um so the problem in that game was that Arsenal in the first half probably would, they, they, they had better chances to score than Chelsea had versus Reading. Um, but I mean, then coming on in the second half, they, they really made Arsenal look average and, and they were just lucky to get away with that draw in the end. Yeah, and it was a goal like Reading scored versus Chelsea as well. I mean, on the
2: counter. So, Yeah, I have found it interesting, actually, that Chelsea haven't been back to training yet, uh, given they've had extra time off and they're not in a good place. I think they're coming back today by the looks of things, which I found strange. Uh, Dame Tottenham without Kit Graham, who suffered an ACL injury. Um, she's a huge loss for them. She leads to their team in terms of expected goals. Uh, but they have won the two games that they've played without her. Uh, they've obviously still got good players in their squad. You know, Ashley Neville, Rhea Percival. But is the fact that Skinner has a team so well organised the main threat? That they are a team.
1: Yeah, well, like Mia said, you know, similar to Mia, exactly the same as Mia. I watched the, uh, the game against Arsenal and uh, especially in that second half, you know, Tottenham should have been 3-0 up. Uh, I remember one chance was just pushed across the box and I think a left-footed player went with their right foot and completely scuffed it. And, and another chance at the far post and, you know, Miedermeyer obviously got a, an equaliser for Arsenal in, in, in injury time, which, you know, you know, water is wet. She scores goals. and But Tottenham were, I, I, I felt for Tottenham tactically, they were, you know, it was a 10 out of 10 performance. Well, you won't say 10 out of 10 performance because they didn't get you know what they want. But you know they did. They, they they did such a good job on Arsenal. So impressive. Yeah, you know Ashley Neville. I've always thought she's a really good right back. I'm, I'm surprised she doesn't get much recognition. But it'll be a tough game for her. She'll probably be up against possibly uh, Kirby over there on the left. And if we're sticking to three four three, you know, go right and as well. So she'll have a, a, a job to do. But you're right, yeah. It's a massively organised team. They've proved that. Although we've got a game in hand, to be only one point behind Chelsea is is very impressive for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they actually go on the next couple of seasons if they try and make some big moves. I know they they got Alex Morgan in, which uh, ugh, it was a strange decision that was. Uh, it didn't benefit either. Maybe Alex Morgan, nice choice to touristy trips around London, especially I think it was over the Christmas period last year, but yeah, they're, they're, they're well organized and I've been really impressed with, with their, their management and, and their coaching, because like you said, you know, so many teams in here now, uh, can easily lose to the big team, six or seven nil, where they can, I can do a job on them and you know, they, they, they've sorted out their tactics this year and they're looking, they looking impressive. They know how to do a job on, on the big teams.
2: Yeah. Obviously, right, and I think Muis is supposed to be signing for them as well. So that is a, you know, a big name, apparently. Which one? The one that's going out with Sam. Oh, she she just she, yeah she's been shifted shifted around twice now. I think her, her
1: latest team is Gotham. So I don't know if she is going to sign for them, yeah, because uh, she she got she got traded to someone else, but then traded to someone else within like two days, and I think her latest team is Gotham, and I think they might be sticking with her, but yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I won't pretend to understand. Uh, NWSL. Um, for a minute, and like you said, Tottenham won four games last season. Just looking that up, they've won obviously more than that already this year. Uh, Mia, you and Dana both spoke about that uh, one or draw with Arsenal. Is that what we're expecting from Tottenham in this game? A similar kind of setup?
3: I think that we can't. I mean, a team like Tottenham at the moment, they haven't been. Uh, that stable for a long time it can it can be a six or seven nil win for Chelsea because Chelsea might have um, might might come onto this game with a lot of fr- frustration to 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 show in the right way but it could be that Tottenham is really succe- successful as well um, so I, I'm not sure what to expect uh, but I, I'm Expecting, them to come, expecting Tottenham to come to King's Meadow with. They are going to do it hard for, for Chelsea to win this. And I think uh, it's going to be a great game to start the weekend with. Um, also starting the WSL after Christmas and the New Year's.
2: Yeah, I think for the sake of women's football, the WSL, the games on Sky, you want a Chelsea to win, obviously. um, or well, we do. But you want a good game. uh, And that includes Tottenham being competitive in it. Uh, So we'll see. Let's look at Chelsea then, because that's what we're here for. Uh, Mia, any word in Sweden about Magda? She was obviously injured in the last game and we haven't heard anything. The club put her on the pre-match graphics recently. So I'm looking at that she's going to play. <laughs> <laughs> Any insider gossip?
3: No, nothing. I think um, this is what to expect of Chelsea as well. I mean, we're not gonna have a a nice report uh, published online like Arsenal or Everton or other Manchester City does before uh, the kickoff. I think we're we're gonna know or not know uh, when the lineup. Comes out Friday night. Don't think we will see any pictures of the captain this week on social media.
2: It's just so stressful. You know, in the men's game, Reese James was injured, and then, like, within two hours, there's reports of how long he could be out for. And you wouldn't know if one of these players had moved clubs. I think they would just let them show up in the other team's colours. Uh, despite the last three games, Chelsea not scoring. I'm not really expecting anything different in terms of what Emma's going to do. Kirby Kerr harder three, four threes plowing on with what we're doing and hopefully scoring instead. Well, yeah, you sort of,
1: I suppose, why would we expect anything? You as you said, they haven't even come back to training yet. So, they said, you know, they're doing it by WhatsApp or something, you know, the, the tactics. I don't know how we could expect anything, uh, a different, you know, 75%, 70%, 75% has worked this season. So you can only presume they'll go with that. It's hard to change tactics and and formations uh, midway through the season. If you get desperate, then you you will. But yeah, you, you can only presume, you know, the, the break everyone had, you know, the lack of training, you know, that this is what they know. And, uh, yeah, you'll expect that they'll be lining up 3-4-3. Three, three. But, you know, obviously, as Mia said, you know, last year, we played 4-4-2, some games like 4-2-3-1. So that is 90, 95% of those players, they they do know, they should know how to shift into another uh, formation because they've played it. You know, they've won, they've won the trophies playing different formations and different tactics to an extent. So it'll be an interesting one. But, yeah, I, I don't expect anything... Uh, to change unless it got really desperate uh, and uh, even you've got a summer to work on, on, on new stuff
2: Yeah, absolutely I, mean, I suppose formations on the whole are just named on, on paper and in a position on the pitch, but how they play is totally different, so how can Chelsea unlock Tottenham, is there a case for G to come into the midfield too, to get a bit of creativity further back
3: Yeah, I think uh, player by player uh, Chelsea are much better on paper than Tottenham, just like last season and the season before that so this is this is no difference, and so I think that I mean you play with I, I think we're, we're going to see G start, uh, but i'm also kind of curious on how Emma will handle this uh, i mean i if i'm not wrong. Uh, Sam Kerr will be away to play with Australia um, and NG will be away as well uh, to play uh, international football. So this is where I am as a Chelsea fan would be quite curious to see this first game of the season because you have to adapt to not having these players uh, later on. So are they going to do that on Friday by playing uh, I mean like Beth England up top, I'm not sure
2: I think Uh, we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it rather than try and work it out while we've still got Kerr and G
3: around Uh, Yeah I'm not sure I'm I'm just curious about I'm curious to see the attitude uh, in this Chelsea coming out on Friday, I'm curious to see if we can expect something new from them uh, because they have players that could do it for them if they, I'm not gonna say allowed to play because obviously they are allowed to, to create, create things on the pitch. But I want to see something different, different in Chelsea coming on the game, out to play this game on Friday to see that we are there Uh, And we use all our players to do the job for their best abilities, not just because we play a certain type of formation or or something like that.
2: Yeah, Dane, I suppose we talk a lot about what they're going to do on the pitch, but is the biggest factor how they're going to approach this game mentally, given that this is probably their worst run of form in forever? coming into this game off a, a long break from that Wolfsburg game, which left the players obviously devastated. They're out of Europe. Obviously, three games they haven't won. They've not scored. It's an unusual territory for them. How they approach this game mentally, is that more important than how they set up tactically?
1: To an extent, yeah, but they're winners. Do you know what I mean? You know, these players, uh, I suppose if you look over their careers, they've obviously won more games than they've lost. So they're, they're used to winning you know, mentally they're winners and they won't like it, you know, when you are at the top of your game in all sports, you know, you, obviously some people get a bad attitude when 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 they lose uh and that is obviously frowned upon, but it's just because they've got that winning mentality, so yeah, you know, they've had a good couple of weeks to obviously think about it, hopefully they've had a good time off, you know, a good Christmas, you know, so it's always brought up a lot about winter breaks over this sort of time of the year, which would really help, you know, you know, you know, teams and yeah, they got, they got to come back with a winning mentality. They've got no choice, but they're used to that. They're used to the pressure of, of being in a big team, you know, obviously with demands but from, from fans, from, from media, from, from the management and coaches. So they've got to be ready and completely, hopefully, you know, rested and ready to go. But yeah they've got their, their winners. So, you know, they know every game they go into, you know, they'll be winning. Uh, they'll have to show that mentality, but this is a win game. This is a win game. It's, you know, it's always the same with the biggest teams in the world. Every game they go into win. So this will be no different.
2: Yeah. It looks like they had a good, a good break. I know a lot of the players went home, uh, for Christmas. Uh, I think probably Sam's the only one that didn't go to Australia and, and G probably to, to Korea. Uh, Maybe Jesse to Canada, but apart from that, I think players went, especially in Europe, went home and were surrounded by family. So hopefully, like you said, they've had a good break and they come refreshed and ready to put the record straight. Uh, Mia, just a quick word on Chelsea's new signing, Alsu Abdulina coming in from, from Russia. Uh, what can we sort of expect from her? And I'm guessing we're not going to see her for quite a while anyway.
3: Yeah, I think it, it was interesting because I, I was actually at... I was in Denmark um, when... Russia played Denmark uh, for the World Cup qualifiers. Um, I thought that game in in total was going to be a little bit more even than it turned out to be. But I think, I mean, watching a few clips back and I I think this is, this is a Chelsea player. She can play, I mean, she plays um, full back for Russia, but not in the club team, so. It's a flexible player with a lot of qualities, just like Emma Hayes probably likes her players to be. So I think she's young, but again, looking at players like Jesse Fleming, who has more caps on her track record than Magda. And then we have this player who is a starter for Russia and Russia is going to play the Euros. So I think it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be, a good signing for Chelsea um, in, that, in that way. So I'm curious to see her play, but, but also I, I was just talking about it with a friend the other night that I think it's, I mean, I think she's 20, right? And then you have Jessie Fleming, who is also, I mean, she's 24. Then prison. you have Chelsea Academy players uh, in this position as well, right? Yeah. Fox. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how, how you integrate uh, Chelsea Academy players into the team, as well as these new signings that are young. Uh, and then I think it's kind of obvious you need uh, experienced players uh, on, on these positions uh, if you are serious about going into Europe next season. Uh, I'm not saying that, that this, players, this uh, player isn't, isn't because she might be a diamond uh, for them, but looking at how, how Emma Hayes has been integrating new players before, I'm not sure we're going to see that much of her this season. I think she's here to, to watch and learn uh, for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, I did some intense scouting of her on YouTube. Uh, watching a compilation video, uh, which obviously all the top scouts do across Europe. Um, No point travelling to watch matches. It's all on YouTube. Uh, She looks more like Brighton, attacking-minded, than like Anderson, sort of defensive-minded. And like you said, I don't think she might not even play this season. Uh, As she comes in, Emma likes to give her new signings, a lot of bedded in time before she... Let's them loose on the team. Uh, is there any rumours on
1: us, uh, you know, looking for uh, players, especially in the summer, you know, big ones or...
2: Always lots know,
1: of what rumours. What's the most uh, secure rumours then?
3: No, there, there's no secure rumours, I, th- uh, I think. But the rumours uh, is that uh, Emma Hayes wants Ona Batier and uh, Laia Alejandro. I think you say that in Spanish, and uh, Alejandre is uh, the vice captain of Atletico Madrid, and, and her and Onabatye, I've heard that they are very close friends. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think that, that would make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, the thing is that if Onabatier was um, leaving United, I think that maybe perhaps Barcelona would like to have a word <laughs> there. And I know that Real Madrid is after Alejandre uh, as well. So, but these are the rumors at the moment. And I, and I definitely think that they are, there's some truth in them because they are good players, Spanish national team players. And, and uh, since um, I, I think Emma Hayes knows what Spanish players can do on the pitch.
1: Mm. Yeah, Batier Battier out. was. Uh, I heard that at the beginning of the season, it was a rumor going around Twitter about the Batier after we, just before we played, before we played them and beat them in Manchester. Yeah, that, that rumor. Yeah, sort of her play. her yeah. contract
3: with Manchester United is was written two plus one, so and and the plus one is is next season. So, I mean, obviously, it that would be a huge loss for Manchester United as well. So, let's see what happens, but. I think Ale Alejandro is um, a centre back, right, Dean?
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always has, fun to
3: listen to yeah. rumors. Has it captain. looks like they.
1: It looks like United are going to lose uh, potentially Russo as well, doesn't it? As the yeah. more a
3: lot of rumors about Manchester United at the moment,
1: so. She looks like she's going to uh, with Casey Stoney, her ex-manager, San yeah. Diego.
3: But I think that that will happen in
2: the summer if, if that's... They spoke about Casey Stoney having a six-month clause to not sign any players yeah. when she left Manchester United, which is now over. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, yeah. she knew her club wasn't starting to play football until after that six-month period. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> some clever work from Casey Stoney, I guess. Uh, let's rumour a, tran- uh, a transfer? No, a starting lineup. up uh, This is a prediction of what we think, what I think Emma will pick. Uh Berger, Bright, Carter, Ericsson, Cuthbert, Leopold, G, Wright and Kirby, Hardiker. Uh, no shocks, Dane?
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm looking at it now. As you said, you know, the only one who travelled away for the holidays was it G, and uh, obviously Kerr was, was in America uh, with Christy Muir. So, yeah, uh, unless they are, I doubt it. They must have been back and rested now. So yeah, you pretty much go with with, with what you expect. Uh, as you say, you know, it, it, it's easy for the players to have time off, but the manager and the coaches, you know, they've got to live with those results in recent uh, weeks and, you know, no doubt, Emma's had that on her, I hope she's had a chance. Emma Hayes to obviously enjoy the holidays as well, but no doubt she would have had that on her mind most days. And then she's obviously got to put into the team, you know, whether she does chase the tactics or not, which we don't expect her to do. But it's it's easy just to go straight in with that, that sort of team, really, isn't it? I can't see Okay, Ingle's not in there, is she? I still think defensively she's our best midfielder. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, you'd expect that.
2: Yeah, Mia, the same for you? Or could Nguyen come in? Could Ingall start?
3: Yeah, I think um, if Magda is injured, no one will start, um, and we don't know that. But we can hope that Magda is okay. Um, yeah, I mean, wow. I I think it's a tricky question because they have been playing this from uh, this lineup for the last three games and not scored a single goal, and and. Somewhere along the line, I mean you have to make a change to to actually not, I'm not saying that Emma Hayes hasn't told her players that you need to score, otherwise I'm, I'm taking you off, but yeah, Yeah, that that's how the lineup is going to look like, I think, as well so
2: it feels like the moment we know what to expect but we don't know what to expect at the same time which
3: is a classic trait of Emma
2: Hayes and we will all find out at 6pm I think 6pm on Friday uh, when the lineups are released or maybe quarter past 6 or quarter to 6 whenever they would like to release it these days uh, sadly that's all we've got time for this week we will be back next week to discuss this game against Tottenham and then look forward to Chelsea's next fixture which is away to Everton on Sunday the 16th of January uh, Dane always a pleasure to chat football and Chelsea with you looking forward to Friday night under the lights should be a great game
1: yeah 3-1 if, if if that's my prediction
2: oh predictions I forgot the predictions yeah you did I
1: didn't know if it was running out of time if there was
2: a <laughs> uh, it's because it's not in bold and I've not got my glasses on either uh, <laughs> But yeah, 3-1 then, yeah.
1: 3-1.
2: Yeah. Mia, I'll say thank you to you as well first. Uh, Always an education, listening to you talk during the tactics segments. Uh, Firstly, your score prediction, and then secondly, anything you've got going on that the listeners should look out for?
3: Yeah, I think two names, (coughs) Chelsea. Uh, And yeah, I have a lot of exciting stuff coming up in, in about... Two weeks and two days. No, two weeks and one day.
2: Is that all we're getting for that rumour?
3: Yeah, I think so.
2: Okay, we'll try and leak Could it. Could be change,
3: last-minute changes. You don't know that these days. But, I mean, if we are sticking to our game plan, then two weeks, one day.
2: Okay. Uh, talking of last-minute changes, I'm going to not predict and then say I predicted the right result after full time and see if anyone notices apart from you Dane and then I won't invite Mia on next week because then she can't say anything either Uh, I'm going to see how that works out for me Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week. If you want more from us in the meantime, then join us on Discord or daily chats and all things CFCW. Uh, the link is in the description for that. And if you really love what we do, you want to help us continue to make content on this amazing team, then you can sign up to our Patreon and a small monthly contribution helps us along the way for what we're hoping to be an epic 2022. In return, you get early access to all our shows, exclusive content such as our summer series, My Daughter the Professional and other written content and a cool sticker if you sign up for three months. Uh, so, make sure you check that out at www.patron.com forward went to uh, Thanks for listening. And until next time, from King Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying. High.